We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, episode number 36 this week, and we are doing brewery branding, which we actually just came up with the idea a couple weeks ago, so yeah. it's, it's fresh of mind for us, and it's, I think, a very interesting topic that a lot of people don't think about in beer and breweries. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's... It's something like, you know, I think we always think about, you know, what's in the glass and how's the aesthetic and what's what's the place like, you know, where is the location cool? How's the food? I mean, we talk about that stuff all the time. But in terms of what your image is, that is basically how you're selling it. Yeah. Because if I because, you know, if it looks like this Sprite Zero two liter that someone left in the studio right now, that doesn't look very appetizing, despite the fact that what's inside might be delicious. I do like Sprite. Uh, Well, I like Sprite. Sprite too, but I don't want Sprite Zero. <laughs> I don't mind if it's Sprite Zero. I was just it's a tangent. Long story short, when I was a kid, all I ever wanted to do was be in a Sprite commercial. Really? Yeah, because all the great basketball players were in Sprite commercials. That is true. Grant Hill. That is true. Yeah. Uh it is it is very, very important for getting your product off the shelves, which I do think a lot of people when they think about beer don't think about because they're just like, I'm gonna drink this. But for the actual brewery, they're like, I need to sell this. And how am I going to sell this all over the place? So that's coming up on the podcast today. We uh, can be found all over the place. We've we are on uh, radio.com. We're on tdtfan.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and then on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter, and Patrick's at pdd085 on Instagram. Later on in the podcast, we have Jeremy Wood, who is the co-founder of Brewery Branding Co., who's going to be sitting in with us. So that's going to be exciting. And our beer of the week this week has a tie to Brewery Branding, and also a little bit of a story behind it as well. Uh, that was my weekend beer. That is my one note is going to be spoiled later in the episode, so I won't bring it up to, in, in this portion of the episode. But that's what you got to look forward to today. We do have an interview, and we do have the beer of the week. But uh, what about your weekend beer, Patrick? Uh, my weekend beer was pretty chill. Um, I watched a lot of college basketball this weekend, as or this last weekend, as everyone did. And a lot as of this... bad games, though. Yeah, yeah, but there was still some good stuff. I mean, I, I mean... I, I, I just love college basketball, so it was easy for me. And uh, there's a uh, – I was drinking this Sun new Sun River IPA the other uh, – for the last, like, three or four days. Well, it was oh, – somehow the keg lasted all weekend. It's called Lateral Thinking. Hmm. Just a classic West Coast IPA from Sun River who I'm a huge fan of and was really, really, really enjoying that. So that was really nice. Uh, while I was watching basketball, um, our good friend Dave Flores, who has been on the show before from Bridgetown Beer House, uh, gifted us a couple Orval glasses because uh, it was uh, National Orval Day hmm. on Saturday. So we've got some of those to add to the collection. So I want to say thanks to him. And outside of that, I'm trying to think. Oh, I mean, uh, I guess shameless plug for the old Breakside Kids. Uh, we released a new batch of Tall Guy 
Um, so I've been drinking that lately, and that that's been tasting really nice as yeah, well. Yeah, you uh, you gave me one of those a little bit ago, and uh, got a, got to try it. It was quite good. I, it was different than I remembered it last year. I remember enjoying it last year. To me, it's an IPA that kind of hits me really well. It's not quite as bitter. It's a little bit more drinkable, in my opinion. But this year, it was there's an extra smoothness going on in that beer. Mm-hmm. Something a little, a little something extra in there that just made me enjoy it that much more. Yeah, a little more than just a citrus kick. You know, so that's nice. And then uh, I just want to give a shout out to to some of you guys that reached out to me this week as I'm constantly asking for you guys, you know, hit me up on Instagram. Tell me what you're drinking. Send me pictures. Just say whatever's good. Uh, a Blake who listens to the show I've known for a little bit uh, was out of Grains of Wrath and Level drinking great stuff from them. Chris is always was telling me about, you know, some, the new Black Lager from Wayfinder and the new Oyster Style from Upright, along with uh, this ESB that I gave him. And uh, Christian from Berlick, who drives their truck for them, uh, started listening to the pod. So just quick shout out to you guys. Thanks, there guys. There you go. Feel free to reach out to me as well, guys. You know. <laughs> I know Patrick was the specific one who asked last time, but I'm over here. I like to be talked to you as well. I just at, at I just, Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Please love you, bye. I just want to know what you guys are drinking. If you if you run into something, uh, you know Blake mentioned the triple IPA at Grains of Wrath that I was lucky to have a couple weeks ago. It is an excellent triple IPA. I don't know how much Mike's got out there, but uh, left of it. But yeah, I just I want to know what you guys are drinking. I want to know what's going on. I don't want to miss something. If, if there's something cool out there, please tell me. And uh, don't forget wherever you find us, if you have not already subscribed. Subscribe to us, rate, review, leave a little comment. Uh, it helps It helps kind of boost the podcast, and it just lets us know that you're liking the episodes as well. So feel free to do that wherever it is that you're finding the podcast. So let's dive into the topic this week, brewery branding. And when we talked about this originally, when we thought up this idea, I had never really thought about it before. Similar to how in the brewery look episodes you were mind blown by the fact that breweries all have a very similar look that was so strange that i didn't even realize it to me this was one where i went i don't think i have ever truly paid attention to the branding of breweries and then as i was thinking about it i went no i've paid attention to the branding of breweries for sure i just don't know if it ever led me to make a decision necessarily on a beer so i'm going to start here and the first thing that popped in my mind was what you see on the shelf Right, mm-hmm. what you see in the bottle or, or the cans. Although I think you get more f- creative freedom in your bottles, and what do you prefer, simple or complex? Because there are certain breweries out there that are very simple. They have a streamlined style all across the board. Uh, Heater Allen is a good one. I think that's a good example of that. It's Sun just, River is something that comes to my mind. Yep, uh, I think I've seen. It's a little bit less simple, but Old Town has a very simple, similar style across the board. You know when you go up and you go, oh, that's that blank brewery. You can do simple, or you can go kind of crazy all over the place. I, I, Gigantic is a good example of that. They have really cool artwork on there. Some of their stuff is fairly simple. They have kind of the comic theme, but some of their stuff is really, really intricate and interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of some other kind of wild and wacky looking breweries. Uh, I'll think about it as the podcast goes on. But do you? Per- which do you prefer? Which speaks to you more when you're looking at a shelf? You know, I I think I don't I don't necessarily mind the intricate. Uh, I think I tend to lean towards the simplicity. You know, I remember when Sun River first started canning, and they had their three beers: Rippin, Vicious Mosquito, Fuzztail. And they were all the exact same cans with different writing and different colors, but the design was exactly the same. Mm -hmm. I fell in love. I remember early days of 10 Barrel 
when I was when I was still drinking ten barrel beer. Some of their beer still is the the labels are still pretty. Yeah, simple. yeah. It's just it had that barrel on it that said ten, and it was like this kind of black and white sort of thing. But then the letters might have a touch of color in it. I tend to be a simple person, but at the same time, you I might think, want to rephrase that. What. I tend to be a simple person. No, I really am a simple person. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't take much to make me happy. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, real simple guy. And uh, so I really liked that simplistic approach to branding. I mean, I always thought, how cool would it be to own a brewery and just be like, lager, pale, IPA, right? Stout, and those were the names of your beers. Like that'd be so great. I think that would be so awesome. It's funny. I have a, a slightly different angle on that, and it's it's going to be different from what my answer for this question is. Is I always thought it'd be cool if you were a band, and every album was just one, two, three. Zeppelin did four. it. Four. Van Halen did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really cool. I love that stuff. Right. It's it, just the creativity is kind of gone, but it also kind of feels. I don't know, more iconic in a way. Yeah, it's just kind of like, here you go. Yeah. This is it. So I like that. But I think, you know, not everybody does that. So what I focus on, what I look at is I know I know your insignia really, really well. Um, I can almost spot a Block 15 can, even if I've never seen that beer before. I mean, it's not really likely. Most of their stuff I see, whether it's on Instagram or right. I've had it before, it's you know, it's the, the new release of that season, of that year. But I can see that little logo from them and say, ooh, I'm going to check that out. Like, I'll, I'll take, for example, for us at Breakside, you know, we have some kind of weird, crazy labels going out there with some kind of modernized, intricate, outside-the-box, almost kind of wow labels. But at the very top... It says Breakside, mm-hmm. and it's the same on every beer. So that's kind of what catches my eye. So you can be simple, you can be intricate, but if you have something that stays consistent for me in some shape or form, whether it's your logo or the placement of the logo or or the script of your, your font on that, if I know where to look, I am most likely ready to check out a new beer. Because to me, it's the opposite of that. Uh, to, to go back to Heater Allen as an example, I'm going to be honest. I didn't try Heater Allen beer for the first five years that I lived here because it looked like a wine bottle. Yeah. The way the, yeah. the logo looked, I'm like, did they just put this in the wrong section? Which like, is great because they're in wine country. Right. Is this, <laughs> is, this, is this wine? I am drawn to the really complex logos right away. I don't know if that's because oftentimes the the – Barrel-aged, darker stouts tend to have a little bit more of that kind of... Pizzazz. The pizzazz to the logo. So maybe I look and go, hey, is this one of those beers that I want to drink or not? But I am always drawn to that type of logo. I don't know why. Maybe it's the metal fan in me. Uh, For Mm -hmm. those who don't listen to metal or don't know much about metal, the logos for metal bands and the album art for metal bands is often really intricate and really artistic and creepy and weird impressive and it's impressive yeah, yeah it's really cool stuff so maybe because i like, like drumming that, for metal drumming yeah. is really impressive for metal. it is very impressive so yeah. is guitar playing actually very fast um but the because of that maybe i just look towards that in the first place the first thing that pops into my mind and i think gigantic is the best at this, in my opinion, in terms of making really intricate, crazy, almost metal-like logos, mm-hmm. is they have uh, their Russian Imperial Stout right now is like a giant bug or alien on the cover, and it's really crazy and cool-looking, and they had one called End of Reason, which 
was uh, honestly it just was kind of it was like tentacles it was everything it was really really cool and i was instantly drawn to that and i was like okay what type of beer is this am i gonna like it doing it right now and i i avoided the simple logos that includes Sun River, by the way. I didn't drink Sun River for a while because I'm like... It looks boring. It does look boring. Yeah. And I like the really, really intricate, crazy-looking ones. But let me ask you this. And using Gigantic as an example, and this will be really fun to ask Jeremy about them specifically because they are kind of, you know, one of the the forefront of this wild and crazy logo stuff as far as labels go. Let me ask you this. If you walk into a store and you see a Gigantic beer that you've never seen before, you see some crazy label, how long does it take you to realize it's a gigantic beer? About 0.01 seconds. That's what I mean. That is what I'm talking about, <clears throat> that it can be a crazy logo or a crazy, not crazy logo, sorry, a crazy art piece or a label that you've never seen before, but you instantly knew it was gigantic. Yep. And that is what I'm talking about. That's what I'm looking for. I'm cool with, you know, like I was saying about the Breakside logos be or labels being totally different, but it says the same at the top. I know that's a Breakside beer. The Heater Allen is the same way. I can see that from a far away. I don't have the best eyes from far away, but I can see that label on that bottle, and I may not know what it is, but I can go, oh, that looks like a Heater Allen beer. Yeah. Just like I was saying about, uh, block 15 their cans their labels can be very different revision is this way too revision puts out about thirty-five thousand different hazy beers i feel that come out every two weeks there's a new fun hazy revision we need to see they're all different artwork but i can spot one from a mile away right because there's some form of consistency okay so that's that's kind of part one of this and we actually differ in, in what we prefer off the shelf but part two is the logo itself yeah which I huge. think is is huge for a multitude of reasons, and we'll we'll get to some of those as we keep going in this topic. But I think the logo is more important than the actual artwork that you put on the beer as well. Mm-hmm. I think that if you have a distinctive logo that you can notice from a distance, or at least that is in enough places that you go, I know this beer, excuse me, I know this brewery, that that is almost an instant for lack of a better term, marketing connection that you get with your your consumer base. Yeah, and and again, I, I, I'm really excited to ask uh, Jeremy about this because it's something I've noticed is the rebrands. We've seen so many breweries go through rebrands right now, and I think it's because everybody is starting to notice that there is just that, whether it's a circle, a square, or some piece of basically your logo some piece of art that you put on everything that you find everywhere whether it's the font or a symbol or letters put together um that as long as that's consistent that you always know and we're starting to see so many more people do that and that's what interests me is is it about the label is it about the font I think a lot of the times at the end of the day, it's about whatever that little symbol is. Like the modern times has the M and then the T comes down. I I won't forget what that is. Yeah. If I was driving down the street in a city that I'd never been to and I looked up and saw that hanging in a window as I was driving by, I'd be like, whoa, does that place got modern times? You know, you would know that instantly. The other one for me, the one that I think is the most iconic for me, and it's one that is... I mean, just because it was my favorite brewery and, and might even still be my favorite brewery, I just haven't been in a while, is Deschutes. Deschutes' logo is iconic. 
Mm-hmm. It is the Deschutes River. Without a doubt. And it, with the mountains yes. and the sun and yes. the city and 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 before they did their <clears throat> their mini rebrand, all of their beers were in a similar shaped logo, but each beer had a different scene in the oval logo with the river. Yeah. It was like slightly different mm-hmm. based on the beer. And Twilight kind of, was one of my favorites. Right. They've kind of changed that now to where the logo is the same and it's it's more simple, but each actual beer bottle has the different stuff going on on it. But uh, that to me is a really iconic one that I'm not sure there's a ton that match that in my opinion in terms of being a logo that stands above the rest. Maybe Rogue because Rogue is a uh, and that it's kind of less of a, a simple logo and it's just more the word with the star in it. But right, right. Um, well, the dead guy on on the barrel is pretty. I I would. Venture, but that's not their logo though. That's just right. Their I most w- famous. Beer. I would venture this: the sun for McMinimins. Yeah, the sun is a big one for. But McMinimins. you just don't see McMinimins anywhere. But McMinimins. but at McMinimins, I know that's the tough one. But and I think that's why when we have when we do these podcasts and we talk about the scene and stuff, that's why you know no offense to them, like thank you, you guys are great to what you've done for this community. But I think that's why we forget because you don't go to a, uh, you don't go to a tap house and and see McMinimins. You got to go to there. But that sun is pretty iconic. Yep, hundred percent. Trying to think what else might be. Hmm. Well, Sun River, I think, I mean, it's kind of, not to say it's a ripoff, but it's very reminiscent of the Deschutes logo because it has the river cutting oh, through. Oh, I the... like those guys at Sun River a lot, and I think they make fantastic beer. But yeah, your label looks very, very close to Deschutes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm I'm, sure you know this. I'm sure you've had these conversations indoors, in-house. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at it once, and when I first ever saw, I think, a rip in can, I was like, Deschutes really... Really simplified here, huh? <laughs> oh, another one. This is not logo, but another one that does intricate that I was trying to think of, Ninkasi. Ninkasi oh, yeah. does a lot of intricate designs on their bottles. But that N yep. in, the, in, the circle. in the circle with the flare coming out of it has always been there. Yep. Has always been there. But that was one of the first breweries not to shoot that I was drawn to because the logos were so interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at the Triceratops going, Dinosaurs? I love dinosaurs. <laughs> I love dinosaurs. Channeling my six year, channeling me at six years old, wanting you know to many, drink beer at, at twenty six years old. You know how many dinosaur books I had as a kid? Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe I love dinosaurs. Maybe that's what we should do, Mike. We should open a dinosaur brewery. Ooh, let's do it. No, I don't have any money, nor do I know how to make a beer. Well, we'll hire somebody. And I can't afford to pay anybody that I know how to make beer <laughs> that knows how to make beer. <laughs> Ooh, I'm trying to think now. Now you've got me thinking, and we shouldn't do this in the middle of the podcast because we're going to get dead air, but creative dinosaur brewery names. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we'll think about that later. That's... Jurassic Malt. I don't Ooh, know, dude. Well, hey, that's a good start. All right. We're brainstorming, all right. right? All right. Remember when we started this podcast? <laughs> we went out to Old Gold, and we sat there, and we went, what should we call it? And we just started brainstorming. We threw things against the wall, and that's where we picked beers on us from. Pull up a bar stool. Spears on us. Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent. Mic drop. <laughs> that was from branding. Our... Bam. Hey, hey! If you guys have been listening since the beginning, you heard that trailer, which is pre-episode one. That's our prequel. That's what it says in there. That was really cool. Pull up a bar stool. Spears on us. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm... But yeah, Nikasi is another really, really interesting one that they do kind of cool uh, designs. But yeah, their logo is iconic, and I, I do think too, the more compact your logo is the better it is in terms of being remembered across the board because uh, there's a lot of places that just have their name or just do have a a special font, but that's hard to turn into like a bottle opener or Mm -hmm. into a simple logo hat. 
Yeah. Um, I think having that very simple, like Double Mountain just has the hop. Yeah. Right. That's a really easy, simple logo that can be put all over the place to everyone, even without the name there going, I know what that is. So I, I think I think that helps. In my opinion, that is a, a really positive thing for breweries. Yeah, but I also what I also wonder though is, you know, and, and not not to take away because I mean I I have, you know, bottle opener of Double Mountain that is just the hop and I have gear from them, you know, hats and swag and all that kind of stuff. But I wonder once you leave the Northwest, does it look like Double Mountain? Or does it just look like a hop? Well, do, how many people outside of the Northwest know Double Mountain? Well, I, I don't know. That's not what I'm saying. But I mean, like, to where if, you ha- if you're gigantic and you have the G, or if you have the bear and the PF from Freem, that looks like it's clearly something. Yeah. To where I wonder if the, the hop, hop is just like, I like beer. Yeah, it's like, I like beer. To where in the Northwest, we're like, clearly that's Double Mountain. Right. I just think... I think if you ask that question in terms of outside of the region, you're going to find more often than not the answer is I don't know what that is or that doesn't even look like a brewery to me, right? Because there are some breweries here, and we we still haven't done our big beer episode. I'm sure that'll be coming down the road. Um, well, but, we're going to tease this for another like year and a half. Well, and I, I'm a little nervous about it because I'm assuming we should have done it today, man. I'm all sorts of riled <laughs> up today. I, I riled you up <laughs> plenty fine just an hour ago. Um, don't take but. that the wrong. <laughs> don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> I poked fun at him for his hatred of Bryce Harper. That's all. He hates Bryce Harper. <laughs> That's all. That's all. <laughs> but I think outside- Oh, I got you riled up about an hour ago. <laughs> outside of the Northwest, <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure a lot of people know the Portland breweries outside of their name. Well, that's the truth. I mean, like I've I've met some people and 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 a good friend of mine who now who's now a brewer down at Pine House Pizza in Austin, Texas. I never seen their logo or anything like that and then I found a sticker hidden behind something that was behind another thing that he had put on there at some point of Pint House. Oh, like on and like your bottle? No, 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 on like at work. Oh, okay. Like behind, like something we you use every single day. And right there, it's like a old school football helmet with like a skull and crossbones on it and it's Pint House Pizza from Austin, Texas. I was like, oh, huh. that's what their logo is. Yeah. Now I know what their logo is, though. Right, yeah. right. But that's what I'm saying is I think- But if somebody was just rolling through a place, and I think it says like a P and it's a, the thing or whatever, if I saw that, I'd be like, whoa. I think a lot of the, unless you're a beer that has gone national, a lot of the brewery logos are more for the locals anyway. Right. So that's why I like the simple hop from Double Mountain, because everyone here who drinks beer knows that's Double Mountain's logo. Without a doubt, yeah. Um. So yeah, and that, that kind of leads me to, to my final point on this, and it's something that I often forget, because I- own zero items outside of my bottle opener. I don't I don't own one item of merch from a brewery, but yet that is a lot of the marketing and logo and look and branding part of a brewery is their merch, their shirts, their hoodies, their hats, their their beanies, their bottle openers. Do you just choose not to? No, I just never never got it. Hmm. I never I never chose to buy it, but I would not be against you owning any of it. It was just it's just never been a thing. Yeah. Huh, wow. I've never thought about that. Isn't that strange? I spend a lot of time with you. I'm a big t-shirt guy. I don't I don't wear hats because my head is far too large. But uh I'm a big t-shirt guy. I just you know, it's not something that I ever ever bought. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that you're not a hat guy because I feel like in this town, 
I think hats probably get the most brewery rep. I agree. Yeah. I think people got t-shirts and stuff like that, but I think hats get the most love. Or beanies. I think the two of them. I mean, they're both head coverings. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would say hats for sure. I mean, you walk into... You walk into a bottle shop, a tap house, something like that, and there's a good chance whoever's working there has got a hat on, and it's from some form of brewery. Yeah, 100%. Look, I, I love hats. I used to, before I, I grew into my full size, sounds strange, I, I had a- <laughs> Before ro- I became a man. <laughs> Basically. Look at me. I'm 40. I had a rotation of about 100 hats that I would go through. Yeah. Anytime my dad traveled, he'd bring me a, a, a hat of a, of a sports team of the city he went to, and I collected a ton- but my hat size right now is basically seven and seven eighths or eight. So hats just look weird on me. Yeah. And they didn't used to, and now they do, and I'm just not super comfortable wearing them anymore, even though I like them. So that's that's personally why, for me, I don't wear hats anymore. Yeah, but now, but it's funny, I am a hat wearer, a hardcore hat wearer, and I'm starting to think, like, outside of, obviously, the T-shirts I wear for work, how many non-hat brewery gear I own. I have a t-shirt from a Kyoto brewery in Japan that I didn't go to, but someone came and gave it to me. Right. Um, I have, yeah, man, I think that's it. So you're you're hat guy only? I think so. Now that I've never thought about this, but looking back on it, I'm like trying to rack my brain. I have a Cerevesa t-shirt you're that I'm wearing right now, right now. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a blazer t-shirt. It's blazer colors, so I wear it if I'm feeling blazery. Right. R.I.P. Nurkic. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, and but I'm like thinking about it, and it's like, whoa, dude, no. I have some like hop t-shirts, like I have a YCH hop t-shirt from Yakima. Yeah, man. I think everything is is, is hats and breakside gear for work. Well, yeah, clearly, yeah, you wear. yeah, yeah. I have a ton of breakside gear, obviously, but outside of that. Yeah, it's like I've got a Bowie hat, I've got a Double Mountain hat, I've got Crosby Hop Farms. Um, I'm sure there's something else in there I'm missing, but yeah, man, it's funny. I never even thought about this. Yeah, I don't have t-shirts. I need more t-shirts. That, so hey, holla. Well, I was gonna say that to me is I'm a lardium. I would. I'm a double XL. I would use. Uh, I, I would. I would wear brewery t-shirts or breweries mm-hmm. that I liked a lot, but um, it's still just something. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's a company, and I'm like, ah, you're just like an advertisement for that company, which is part of this episode. You're it's it's branding, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be part of the reason why I'm hesitant sometimes, even though I don't really care. I just think there's this thought in my head, like, don't be a billboard. <laughs> yeah. I just realized I forgot one of my favorite T-shirts that I wear uh, at least once a week uh, is I have a Fremont T-shirt. It's blue. Mm. It has the hair on it in kind of subtle silhouette in gray. Uh, I love that shirt. I love that T-shirt. Still, the only beer I've had from them is the uh, Spice Wars you brought me, by the way. Hey, man, that barrel-aged series they make is pretty dang good. It was really good. Yeah, it's pretty good. So, I mean, so quickly, though, before we, we head into our interview, merch. I mean, that is that more important or just as important, or where do you rank it in terms of breweries branding with bottle and logo and all that stuff kind of put together? I think it's super important because it, it's it's free publicity. Because if I if I buy this 22 that has the coolest or this 500 mil that has the six pack, this coolest label I've ever seen, you know, kiss the goat from Mm -hmm. gigantic has that weird demonic kind of really cool artistic label. But if I drink it at home, 
Who cares? Yep. I can't like walk down the street and be like, hey, check out this beer I'm right. drinking right now. You see this label? Hey, this you drink it cool. at home and you put it in the recycling and then it's gone. Exactly. Right. So I would say that the merchandise might be the most important aspect, especially because I like to do this when I travel. Like when I travel, if I even if I'm driving across the state, if I'm driving to the coast, if I'm on a plane to North Carolina, I try to rep the town that I'm from, whether it's wearing gear from the brewery that I work for or, you know, the uh, what a, a T-shirt from, you know, I might be flying into North Carolina and I don't live in Seattle, but I might I might wear my Fremont shirt. You know, I might wear my Bowie hat. Right. Might wear, you know, hey, someone got a bottle opener? I'm like, yeah, here you go. And it's like, whoa, that's cool. What's that? And it's like, that's a brewery in Hood River, Oregon called Double Mountain. You know, I think I think it, I think merchandise is a lot more of a conversation starter into kind of like, wow, cool shirt, man. Where'd you get that? You're like, oh, th- this. Oh, yeah, this is a this is a tap house bottle shop in North Portland, Oregon. Uh, I got this their big blazer bar and it's their eighth anniversary. So they made a they made a T-shirt that that sounds like that looks like the blazers. Oh, yeah. Where's that? Oh, yeah. It's this Wisconsin themed bar in North Portland, blah, blah, blah. And then, bam, someone's like. Next time I go to Portland, yeah, I gotta check that and out. Conversation talking point. And that this just popped in my head. We can do this for an entire episode, probably, or it could be tied into our beer naming episode. How about a brewery's name? Because you mentioned Double Mountain, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's in Hood River, Double Mountain, duh. Um, but how important. St. Helens and Adams. Yeah. How important is the is the name of the of the brewery, too? For sure. Or Or does that become naturally it just becomes an automatic thing right well it's it's and we big. could do we could spend the whole episode on that probably yeah but so maybe don't dive too much i was just i just popped in my head and went that's kind of branding it's the most basic form of branding but it's also bigger than that no it's 100 percent. and i won't go too much i'll just give you an example i was once in a band in college called cherry on fire that was the name of the band okay. cherry on fire college rock cool dudes loved playing music with them it was an absolute blast everyone thought our band was chariots of fire mm. Because right. of the movie. Right, 100%, yeah. But we were like, no, we're a chariot on fire. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah chariots, chariots of fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that band. You're just like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't make it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right. So maybe that's another episode we can do because that that could lead to another 30 to 40-minute conversation by itself. So we'll uh, we'll put that on the old Rolodex, the old queue there. But, uh, yeah, that's I, brewery branding. I think moral of the story is, is, is that there's just so much more that goes into this than we realize. And hopefully when we get Jeremy on and we can chat with him, uh, hopefully he'll give a little insight into kind of his life working in, in that realm. But I think there's just so much, so much of it I think is subconscious that it's hard to explain. It's hard to put down on paper. If you're starting a brewery, okay, we got to check this box, this box, this box. So much of it is just the human eye and what that human eye catches and what they want to catch, what they don't want to catch. So hopefully we were able to put that into words well enough to explain it the best that we could. And uh, you won't have to wait any longer because coming up next is Jeremy Wood. He's the co-founder of Brewery Branding Co. That is next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are happy to be joined by Jeremy Wood, who is the co-founder of Brewery Branding Co. It's a cool title, Jeremy. Thanks for sitting in with us. Thanks for having me. So I got a lot of questions that are kind of wide-ranging, and some are general, some are more specific, but I was really, really interested. I was thinking about this earlier when I was actually looking for our Beer of the Week today, 
is, in your opinion, what is rule number one for a brewery's branding? Well, um, I would definitely say that the rule number one is to have your branding be um, indicative of your vibe or your your beer. So what I mean that it, it just needs to be authentic and it needs to be you. Um, you get breweries who have, you know, real outlandish, brash, bright branding to get people's attention. But then if their brewery isn't that way, it doesn't feel authentic. Meanwhile, if you have breweries that are kind of mellow and chill um, that make really drinkable beers or, you know, have um, an outdoorsy vibe or something like that, you want your branding to follow everything that you do, whether it's your building, your people, um, even the profile of your beer, everything's got to flow. And if your branding seems unauthentic, then everything that you do kind of feels fake. So that's, I think, the biggest rule there is just, make your branding fit with everything that you do and be authentic. Otherwise people can kind of sniff out that it doesn't really make sense. I was looking today too. And I, I was noticing like heater Allen, for example, mm -hmm. they have such a uniform branding. Yep. <laughs> Every bottle looks the same. It just has the different beer on the bottom in a different color. Yep. And then I was looking at gigantic, for example, where every bottle is badass crazy. There's artwork all over the place. They got like collectibles going on. Are you, so you're, in your opinion, that is indicative of the vibe of the brewery or the type of beer or? Well, more more the, yeah, more the vibe of the brewery itself. I mean, those are two great examples. Heater Allen is very classic, very traditional. Um, that flows through with their branding. You don't see their labels changing all the time. Then you go the other end and you go to Gigantic, for example. You know, Ben and Van are very uh, bright characters. They got, you know, their brewery has a ton of stuff going on. And if you see their beer on the shelf um, or out in the marketplace and you go to their brewery, that all fits. So um, those are two great examples from other ends of the spectrum. Yeah, sticking with those two examples because I like that. I know this is kind of loaded, but is there is one of the two better, safer, smarter, in your opinion? Because I always wonder sometimes, because I love what Gigantic does in, in that sense of like being all over the place and, you know, flashy new stuff all the time. Is is that a calculated risk or is that almost too much of a risk? Well, I, I think a lot of that has to do with where they're located, when their brewery came online. Um, I don't think it's too much for them because they can back it up, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and now if going back to Heater Allen or if Modern Times or Freem decided to go away from a classic clean look and just started screaming out at you, you'd be kind of like, that does, that would be a risk that would seem a little little strange, right? Um, now, a lot of times though, breweries will do it on a beer to beer basis. Maybe they have they're launching a seasonal beer that's maybe a little outside the box for them, and they want their branding to be outside the box so that people go, "Whoa, I wouldn't expect that from that brewery. I got to go try that." So, um, you know, whether one's safer or not, you know. I, I think it goes back to that golden rule. If you're if it's authentic and if you change it up for a good reason, then I think it's totally safe. When you're when you're working within your company and you meet with your clients, whether you're designing something new, creating more, whether it's hats, t shirts, anything like that, how how difficult is it for you to have that potentially difficult conversation with someone? Saying like, hey, maybe 
maybe what you're doing here is too much. Are you sure this is what you represent in that? How often do you run into that? And are there challenges with that? Yeah, there are challenges. It's not really difficult at all. I mean, our job, uh, working with a brewery on their merchandise or their branding, marketing, our job is to help them be the best they can be and to sell the most beer. If you feed them a line of crap and and you just go along with whatever they want to do, you know, then you know you're not really doing them a whole lot of service. So for me, it's not very difficult. You know, we have um, we have designers on staff that can help. I think the most important thing is to if something's not doesn't kind of feel right, is just to openly talk about it and maybe involve somebody else in that brewery. Um, whether it's their their branding and marketing department, you know, a lot of the medium to larger size breweries have their own brand standards, either that they paid somebody to create, or they have in in house marketing and branding. And sometimes the person who's ordering the stuff or wants to do something, if it doesn't feel right, you kind of kind of go, hey, let's powwow a little bit with a couple other people from the brewery, and let's let's do something that makes sense. And sure, there's times where they're like, no, I want to do this, and we're like, sure, go ahead. Um, and just kind of let it roll. (laughs) Yeah. Not going to piss anybody off, you know, and respect what they want to do. It's their, their brand and their money. But for us, you know, I think our, our opinion carries some weight and we try and it doesn't always work, but you know, more often than not, I'll just tell it how it is. And I think people may not agree, but they'll least respect it. Jeremy Wood sitting in with us, co-founder of Brewery Branding Co. Now, my wife is a, formerly a designer now in marketing, so I've heard a lot of stories of clients and relationships and stuff, and you kind of alluded to it in that last answer, but how much freedom do you get, and do you wish you had more freedom? I, I know it's probably more of a brewery-by-brewery brewery basis, depending on who gives you some, like you were saying, but do you wish you had more in some situations, or do you feel comfortable with saying, hey, we can be creative and get this out there, plus help all of our clients? Yeah, I mean... I always, we always want, want to do more. I mean, I think for us, the way that we provide value for our clients is to make the cool stuff, right? And to make the merchandise feel like part of the brewery or the brewers or the beer. And there are certainly times where, you know, we throw out here, here's a bunch of really cool ideas. And they're like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And we're like, okay, respect it, move on. And there's there's times where we make super ugly stuff because they want us to make super ugly stuff. <laughs> and I want to be able to be like, no, we're not going to do that. You but, understand how many times in my life I've heard about that complaint, by the right. way. Yeah, I can't totally. believe I had to make this today, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's the brewery industry. It's fun. Um, it is a business, and it, and there's a lot on the line for a lot of people. But um, So you can't just go willy-nilly and, you know, do do everything that you want to do. But there are certainly times where I would do things different. Um, one thing with us is, you know, we, most of those services we don't charge for. So, the, you know, the brewery's not paying us to do what they want. They, you know, they're, 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 they're using our services and a lot of times they're just merely suggestions and we don't expect people to take it all the time because they've got a lot of other stuff going on. How important do you think having uniform, cohesive branding is across the entire brewery? Because, I mean, we mentioned Heater Allen, but you mentioned Freem. I think Old Town does this. Ancestry does this. I think Mazama Brewing does this, where it's a simple style. Every beer has a similar look, but it's a different type. Mm. Is that more important than being really, really creative, in your opinion, uh, in terms of having different bottles look different, and you know it's blank brewery by reading it, but when you first see it, you're going, oh, what beer is that? I think, you know, I think brand recognition is probably the most important when you're when you're building – 
your brand, right? You know, and your brewery, everything is part of that. What people wear, how they carry themselves, what the brewery looks like. I think it's super, super important, especially in this, this day and age where um, if you're, um, you're off-premise sales and you're looking for shelf space, that's at a premium right now, especially with bigger breweries taking up more of it and kind of shrinking that shelf space for individual um, independent breweries. Having that brand identity where somebody can walk in and go, boom, I know what that is. It's just like you walk in to almost any store and you're like, that's Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I know what that is. Whoa. And you think Sierra Nevada is <laughs> going to change it? No. You know, and they shouldn't. So a lot of other breweries, you can go, that's a gigantic bottle. That's a Freem bottle or can. I get it. It can be a different gigantic art piece, but you know but it's you gigantic. you know it there. So I, <clears throat> I think it's paramount. I, I really do. And, of course, the easy answer, too, is the most important thing is beer, is how is that beer and, and the quality of the beer and all that. We're not really talking about that today. We're talking about right. the merchandising and, and, and branding side. So I would say on the branding side, just like it's important to make good liquid, it's really important to keep that identity and not just confuse people. With, without uh, without making you choose from all your children, um, which are, in your opinion, some of the best projects you guys have done for some breweries around? Like, what, who would you say are some of them kind of really knocking it out of the park in terms of their branding that you guys have worked with? Uh, well, it's, you know, one of my favorite breweries to work with, and we actually don't do their their individual branding assets but I love working with Freem mm-hmm. because it's just so clean. And, you know, when we get the packages from Freem through their contracted design company, you know, we're we're getting everything is pretty much laid out for us. So we can't take a lot of credit for it. But every time we make something, I'm like, damn, that looks really good. Um, you know, that's that that's one that's always there. I am we do a lot for Sierra Nevada, for example. Um, I love how they just they kind of stick to their guns. They have that classic style that doesn't change. And the hardest thing to do is to make merchandise that isn't tired and just yeah. boring, but still look, but 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 stays with that classic look. Um, and it's it's really challenging and fun. Um, you know, we have big breweries like Ballast Point that really push the envelope um, on their branding. They have the ability to um, financially. They got so a lot helps. of money. They have, <laughs> it, it starts with a B. Yeah, yeah, yeah it starts you know, with a B. But we, it's amazing that that you know we work with their design department, and you know we try to help and and kind of push a little bit of that, that too, even though they have a lot of in-house stuff. So, you know, and then you get brand new brewery upstarts that contact us all the time, every day. That's like, hey, we're a brewery and planning. We don't really know where to start. We have this logo design. We really like it. How can we pair that across everything that we do? And then we really get to dig in. And that brewery starts with all of our products and all of our stuff. And then we kind of build from there. And that's always super fun, too. What do, in your experience, consumers tend to gravitate towards? Is it kind of what you were saying in in the last answer where I recognize that brewery, I'm going to go to that? Or is it something different from what you've experienced? I I think it changes up a little bit, but I think... You know, the, your classic merchandise and branding, you know, are almost like the the concert tees, right? You know, everybody's going to the show, and first thing they want to do is go to the merch merch area to see that. You know, a, a lot of good breweries want to have merchandise and retail areas where people are like, hey, I'm going to go to Deschutes. I'm going to buy something. Um, what do they have that's new? And, 
you know, I think people, you know, gravitate towards, um, you know, hot brands or um, even even breweries that they can't get to very often that don't distribute in their area. You know, I want that Hill Farmstead hat, even though we can't get Hill Farmstead out here <laughs> or very rarely, whether, you know, if you're doing bottle shares or whatnot. So um, I think one of those cool things that people look for, and if you go to GABF or you go to any big gathering of breweries or beer fans, people take pride in wearing obscure stuff that's maybe not from their area. And it's just kind of a, it's, it's got, it's just kind of a cool thing and people, they pick it up and they collect it and they, they, they believe in it. So it's kind of fun. I want to ask you a little bit that, that kind of made me think about, cause <clears throat> you know, working with Breakside, we went through a rebrand about year, two years ago, something like that. You guys and- used to have the the relaxing chair, I guess. Right. Lack I'm, of I'm actually right wearing now. one of yeah. them right oh. now. <laughs> and some of us still have some of the old gear and that's like the nostalgia aspect. And people it's are like, retro oh, now. Yeah, how much can I get that, get that sweatshirt from you? And you're like, never, I love it. But my question to you is, is we've seen rebrands, not just with the brewery that I work for, but I know Bridgeport went through it recently and some other breweries have gone through it in, in recent history. Deschutes kind of went through a Desch- mini rebrand. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people have done some tooling. Worthy, I think, is another one that's that's been doing They're stuff. They're always doing it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder how risky is it? How smart is it? Is it kind of, does it work as a benefit of like a refresh? Or do some people just need the overhaul? Well, I think, first of all, some people need the overhaul, whether they start with something that just isn't great and they need more. Mm -hmm. Um, And or, you know, I think rebranding, if you already have a decent brand, you rebrand just for shock value or something else. I haven't seen I I don't really know how that really has gone. But if you take a couple examples like Deschutes, okay, they rebranded, but they kept that general look. So if you keep a font or, you know, Deschutes went from oval, their oval, you know, mirror mm-hmm. pond logo that you could see from across the bar on a, on, a, on a tap handle to a circle and changed it up just enough to where it looked new and fresh and clean. And I think it really works for them because they kept it cohesive. You know, Bridgeport, maybe that was them trying just a Hail Mary, you know, yeah. um, saying the brand is, has been around a long time, hasn't really innovated a whole lot. But we're going to on the beer side. But we're going to try try the package and see how that works, you know. And I, you know, and I don't think that's the reason why it didn't work out for them. Um, but if you look at other people like Ben Brewing, for example, mm-hmm. um, small, been around a long time, um, traditionally has been just great. Uh, their branding over the years was was a little bit, uh, not no offense, but a little elementary and just kind of there. Um, when they changed things up, they really um, went with a cool new um, hip design that was just kind of, but still really, really clean. It's like the cursive bees intertwined yeah. in each yeah, other. Yeah, that, that typeset really nice. type mm-hmm. look and, you know, kind of like a modern times type of yeah. look. But so they went through that, you know, and, but then they also changed out the building and the ownership changed and they, they did a whole bunch of different things at the same time. And, you don't notice it. It, did, it looks nothing like it did before, but it really, really works. Like, like Breakside. doesn't really look a lot like it did before, but the name is strong enough to where it was like, okay, let's change it up. You can almost get away with it. Yeah. One more question for me, and this is something – generally I'll stop in at John's Marketplace to get our beer of the week and kind of scope through some beers. There, there's, there are certain breweries, and it's not necessarily in this city or even in this state, just because you know they've got from – all the states and different countries as well. 
when you go to the, some of the places that aren't quite as big into craft beer, I almost, for lack of a better term, kind of find this retro look. It looks like an old beer style where it's simple. Maybe it's not the best done, but it kind of reminds you of when craft beer started. Do you think there's there's a push or or even an interest at all from breweries that are like, you know what, I kind of still want to have that classic old school look because it, it brings back memories for, for certain drinkers? Sure. I think that's why a lot of brands haven't changed. Or if they do, they might change up a beer or two on a seasonal aspect. Um, but you'll look at, you know, Pliny, Pliny the Younger hasn't changed, you know. Um, that, that Pliny the Elder label, green, yep, with yep. like a red circle. Yep. And it just says Pliny the Elder. <laughs> yep. You know, and, and, and you got Russian River, he still uses Comic Sans and some yeah. other stuff, and yeah. which is like, okay. Don't use Comic Sans, <laughs> people. <laughs> For, but, but if you're Russian River, you're like, we're Russian River, we're going to use Comic Sans, and that's fine. <laughs> And, you know, and I love that. I love, you know, people stay true to what they are. And, you know, I think some people will start to do some more kind of retro labels and go back and, and change it around. But, again, I, if you're if it fits your overall image, you can't really go wrong. You mentioned I'll, – I'll, I'll finish up with this one just to give a little love to where we are because I think I know where you'll go. You mentioned a couple of California breweries you work with. Where What other breweries do you work with, other states? Well – our company, we work with about twenty five hundred to three thousand breweries. Wow! So Whoa. we're working with oh my God. We're working with breweries in every state. Um, overseas, we have breweries in England, Japan, um, a lot up in Canada, uh, Mexico, uh, Nicaragua. So we're 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 a, a national company that we work with people all over. It's easy in Portland to mention a lot of Oregon breweries or West Coast breweries because that's still kind of where we work a lot with, but. Um, no, we're, we're everywhere. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, do you work in Portland because we're the best? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> well, Just making sure. You know, Duh. Yeah. We start a company in Portland with branding, and we're, you know, and, and you know, when we started, that, that was right, that resurgence of craft breweries after that shakeout in the 90s. And, uh, you know, being in Oregon, the beer is awesome. The breweries are plentiful. The people are great. And I think that's one big reason why our company has really – grown is because you're in portland and everybody respects what people in portland are doing and the beer industry and community is so tight that we start doing cool stuff for one brewery everybody goes hey where'd you get that you know who do you work with and that really helped us branch out but there's no no you know surprise that like being from portland gives us a little bit of legitimacy and at least helped us get off the ground well and your name too someone googles brewery branding Who's the first one that pops up on Google? Yeah, we do, we, and we don't pay for any of that. Like, no, we do no yeah. no SEO. You don't have to. No, right. So. It's, well, it's right in the name. Someone's like, I need to brand my brewery. Bam. <laughs> go to these guys. They're in Portland, too. You're going to love them. You'll meet people, and they'll go, what do you guys do? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. What would you say you do here? <laughs> Jeremy Wood, co-founder of Brewery Branding Co., thank you so much for sitting in. Do you want to stick around and do Beer of the Week with us? Yeah. You got please. a minute? Yeah. Yeah? All right. All right, cool. That's coming up next here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Jeremy's sitting in with us as well. Our Beer of the Week today is because they won Best Brewery Branding at the OBAs this year. It is Gigantic's Classic IPA. There's a story behind this because this is not the beer that I was choosing to get. I was going to get a gigantic beer, which I tried this weekend, called the Hellboy. 
and I knew nothing about it. I found it at New Seasons. There was one left, and I uh, I tried it. It was a maple syrup pancake beer. Hard pass. I figured you wouldn't like it, but that's why I was going to force you to try it in Beer of the Week. Well, you know. I because mean, I'm sure you like pancakes with syrup. It tasted exactly like that. I Thank like you. pancakes with syrup, but I like peanut butter, too. Yeah. Um, it was it was mind-blowingly delicious to me. I love dark beers. I like dessert beers. Wasn't at New Seasons anymore. They said they got one case. Went to John's Marketplace. I'm like, they'll have it. John's always has stuff. He goes, yeah, that was out in half a day. I was like, <laughs> what? So we went with the classic Gigantic IPA. They're the ones who won Brewery Branding of the Year at OBAs this year. We talked about them in the last segment. I mean, this is probably their most classic model. It's just a simple, I mean, I guess it's not simple, but it's got, it doesn't have too much art going on outside of the, the letters IPA. But I think that's something cool about Gigantic right there. Like they have, you know, they have, and their one-offs have these, like if you see the label of the Hellboy, it's crazy, it's intricate, or the Kiss the Goat, the Doppelbach that I think we've either done before. We did that one. I brought you and that I have one talked in. about. That's yeah. a beautiful design and so many crazy things. Yet this, when I see this, it's kind of, Jeremy, like you were saying about that mirror pond handle from across the bar. Yep. I can see that from across it's the bar. got the red, aisle. white, or off-white, you know, and, and blue, and it's, you know, this is not very different from when they very first started. I'm probably pretty sure this is the first... Beer that they that they put out. Um, it does say beer number one on the side uh, of the bottle. Well, here. there you go. Uh, <laughs> in comic book style. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, and that's you know this label has probably changed a bit over the years, uh, adding a little bit to it, but they never changed the overall look and feel of it. So whether you saw one from six or seven years ago till right now, they're they probably look the same but different. Well, I think the other thing too that I think the gigantic does well is that it's collectibles, right? And it's it says on the mm. side, beer number one, see how many you can find. Yeah, that's true. And yep. they, they make it so that you want to display it somewhere and put it up, like, look at how many gigantic bottles that I have. Um, I think there was another one, too. Forget what brewery it was. Maybe you guys know. But in their bottle caps, they had different letters, and you were supposed to fill out, finish out the word from different bottle caps in the brewery. I can't remember which there, one that was. I don't know who that was, but, you know, even, like, Session, right? From yeah, Full Sail, that's, I was about rock, to paper, think of, scissors, yeah, the rock, paper, scissors. And, you know, people doing a little bit different and just, just going the way, <clears> and that's, you know, that's cool and unique to them. And, and The Rainier bottles have, like, uh, uh, picture puzzles. What do you call them? Like, there's little pictures, and then you add them together, and it's like a phrase. Kind of a mo- uh, like mosaic that kind of goes through. Oh, through, you know. I don't know, I don't what, know what that's called. About. I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, though. Stupid. Anyway. Sure to eat your elbow drink. Um, so beer first, I know you wanted to talk about something else. Oh yeah, too, real but quick, beer first. Um, this is to me just a classic malt backbone IPA. It's, without a doubt. It's the first kind of IPA I liked as a malt favored beer drinker before I got really into the hoppier IPAs. And I think this might've actually been my first favorite IPA in the city when I moved here because it didn't hit me with the bitter notes and it didn't, it didn't leave me with that weird aftertaste that you kind of get when you start drinking IPAs. Because it's just smooth. It's malty. You can get some of the hops, but it's just super balanced. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Cascade, Citra, Crystal, and Simcoe. You're right. It does have a really nice, um, really nice malt profile to it. Um, the, this is this is what I like about this beer, and what I've always liked about this beer is this beer would be at the forefront of IPAs in this town ten years ago, and it still has a place in this town. Yep. Like it has old school style to it with a more it's still but still keeping up with the times and i think that's really tough to do you know i think that's something that might have you know kind of partly been a reason why maybe bridgeport didn't succeed because they had that 10 years 
20 years ago but couldn't keep it modernized in today's palettes to where I think, you know, Ben and these guys are doing a great job well, with this beer. Do you think the reason for that is because they've kept this the same but they have really experimented across the board elsewhere? They have a couple. Yeah, probably. Of, they've got yeah. this one and they've got Ginormous, which they've been doing for a while. I love Ginormous and I hate double IPAs. Yeah, and that, I could have gotten that today too, but I was like, let me go a little, little lower ABV for us in the afternoon. And uh, I, I think that's probably part of the reason is you can experiment and go create. I saw like a barley wine they had today. They have the Russian Imperial Stout that they've got out and they experiment and they make new beers, but you can go back to all reliable too. Yeah. And I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there with, with keeping a flagship IPA. And when they decide, you know, when trends come and go and they do decide to do other stuff, they'll load up other beers, but keep this the same. It, you know, not, you know, kind of a lot like RPM, for example, in Boneyard. You know what that beer is. Is it a traditional IPA? No. Has it ever changed? No. And when they do other stuff, they'll complement it, but they'll keep it kind of the same. And, you know, what I think this is a lot, a good classic Portland IPA. And I think, you know, Boneyard might be kind of one of those good bend IPAs that you that you're like, yeah, I know what that is, and then we yep. get the same one every time. Yep, yep. So you want to talk about bottle openers, huh? I do, Real yeah. Real quick. Well, Mike, you put pull, Mike pulled out his keys to get his bottle opener out, and Jeremy recognized. He goes, "Ooh, bottle opener." And we were looking and just kind of talking about it, and it's one of those things. Like Mike, you said, tell the story about your bottle opener. I got this for free at a at the Portland Open, the Winco Foods Portland Open, when I was doing a show out there. We went and got into like the little MVP area, mm-hmm. and Deschutes was there, and they were just giving away free swag and I didn't have a bottle opener at that time. So I was like, I love you guys. Yeah, let's do it. And now that's my bottle opener. I've had it for probably five or six years at this point. And true or false Deschutes is one of your favorite breweries. It was my original favorite brewery here and still is. Yes. Yes. See, that's beautiful. And then I'm in the same kind of boat. I've got mine. Mine's double mountain. It's just the hop with the, the classic hop says double mountain on the back. Uh, I got this, I got one of these 10 years ago. Me and my friend, probably 11, 12 years ago, probably right as I turned 21, my friends and I do, like, rafting and stuff, and anytime we'd go east, long story short, when we came back home west, we'd always stop on Hood River and drink there, and this, I will say, is I've purchased multiple of these because they eventually break or I lose them, and I drive out there and buy another one because this reminds me of kind of the birth of my love for craft beer. Yeah, do you, the- And do you do these? Yeah. Both oh, yeah. of them? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, we don't do the Deschutes. Ones. Okay. Uh, okay. But we, you know, those 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 cast metal ones are super popular just because, yeah, you, yours have broken a little bit here and there, mm-hmm. but in general, they'll they'll stand for a long time. Remember back in the day, you used to get the little claw ones that were plastic, oh. and it at one day, you know, once it said, you know, Bridgeport on it or you know Portland Brewing or something, and that wore off after two days. Yeah. Or McTarnahan's or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, so now we're doing them out of metal, and the goal, the goal is to keep them small enough to where they're not annoying as hell when they're in your pocket, but that they'll stick around and last, and you can open a beer with them. And we're even doing ones with little tabs on the on the bottom for opening cans. Oh. Because you get can only brews. Yeah, yeah. You get, to get you get Twenty First Amendment out of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They only can, and they're like, well, we want to get in the game. Yeah. But we can, if we make a bottle opener, that's stupid. So we made a little circle with their logo with a little tongue on it, and it's also kind of dumb. You can all just open up a can. You don't need a tab. <laughs> right. But the people who love them are the reps that are that are pouring at events. They have to open can after can and just mm-hmm. chew up their fingers. Oh, yeah. They love having little tabs. So anyway, you know, it's it's that classic bottle opener will never go away. It's one of the first things that every brewery wants to have because they know people will get it. They won't throw it away. All right, that's going to do it for us today on the podcast. Jeremy, thanks so much for coming out and drinking the beer with us and letting us know all about branding. It was interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Next week, 
We, is next week the cool one? Well, it depends. Next week we're recording it. Oh, okay. We can do it next week or we can do it two weeks from now. It depends on the timing because we're going to be recording it on Thursday, which means we might not have enough time to edit it right, to release right, that day. Right. Next week we are going out to Edgefield and we're going to sit down with Dan McMiniman and we're going to tour the brewery and so try bummed. some of their beers. And I'm so jacked about this. That's next week. So we're either dropping that next week or in two weeks. That's when we're recording it. Uh, we're also going to do our next style podcast either next week or the week after. So that's what you can look out yeah, for. Maybe we do style and then drop. It just depends yeah. how, how timely the McMinimans one right, is, right? Right, right, So we'll figure it out. But that's the next two weeks in either order. But we're very, very excited about Whoa. that. Again, thank you so much for supporting us. You can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And you can find the podcast wherever you find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com. Stitcher, TennyToTheFan.com, wherever you find us. If you can, subscribe, rate, review. It helps us, and we appreciate it, and we see all those, and, and we really, really do appreciate it. I love how we got Sierra Nevada Pale Ale Woe in without even doing it. I know. It just kind of happened. Well, Jeremy's the one who said I it. I know. You, you you gave us our bit without even realizing you were doing it. <laughs> uh, so that's it for us. Thank you to Jeremy, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you next week. Deuces. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 